0: This is ProRata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, Google makes a play for Fitbit and Facebook employees fight back on political ads. But first, Uber money. So tech companies love their paying customers, but what they seem to love even more is getting a piece of how those paying customers, well, how they pay for stuff. Remember. Apple has its credit card. Facebook is working on its Libra cryptocurrency. Google has Google Pay. And now Uber is significantly expanding a financial services unit that launched two years ago with a cash back credit card for riders. The umbrella name of what's being announced now is Uber Money and includes several new initiatives. First, on the driver side, it'll introduce new products that help ride hail and Uber Eats drivers get paid in a more timely manner. So far, they've basically been paid on a weekly basis. Kind of creates a digital wallet and can also include a debit card that provides discounts on things like gas. Now for consumers, it is adding features to that branded credit card, including a huge boost from 2% cash back to 5% cash back on purchases of Uber products including Eats orders. The bottom line here is that Uber and its rivals are struggling to get brand loyalty among both drivers and riders. Drivers typically pick up the closest ride seeker, no matter what platform they're on, and riders pick the closest and or cheapest car. Again, regardless of platform. By adding financial services, Uber hopes to better lock in both groups, much like Grab has done in Southeast Asia. Then again, if this works, if Uber money works, expect Lyft to come out with similar products, thus restarting a cost race that caused both companies so much trouble on Wall Street in the first place. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with The Verge transportation reporter, Andrew Hawkins. But first, this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent, Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech from the Valley to DC. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the ProRata Podcast. We're joined now by Andrew Hawkins, senior transportation reporter for The Verge. What Uber announced yesterday, is this primarily about helping its drivers or its consumers?
1: Yeah, it seems sort of a split between both. The announcement, as it reads right now, is primarily directed at drivers, at improving the finances or the financial planning ability of drivers, but the door is definitely less open for passengers and for customers as well. I think especially when you talk about things like the credit card and wanting to sort of improve the fine print affiliated with the credit card, I think that, that Uber is definitely keeping an eye on how it can sort of expand into the financial world as it pertains to its customers. But primarily as it stands right now, the announcement from yesterday is, I think, geared mostly towards
0: drivers so let's talk about the driver piece then so when you look at this is this really about almost brand loyalty in other words uber provides these services these back-end financial services to drivers it's a way to keep them loyal to the uber platform say as opposed to going full-time to lyft or, or spending a lot more time with lyft or other ride hail
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of moves that the company has made in the past year or so have really been geared towards improving brand loyalty, or you could also look at it as a way of sort of locking drivers into its ecosystem. As I think a lot of people know, drivers are independent contractors. So they're not required to work for just one company or the other. So what you see in a lot of cities is drivers app switching. They, they drive for, for, for Uber, and then if demand is low with Uber, they'll switch over to Lyft. And so Uber, this has been a bee in their bonnet for a long time. And it, it, I as well as for Lyft, and both companies are competing over sort of this share of drivers and trying to do what they can to bring them over to their side as much as they, as 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 is possible. And I think that this is definitely geared towards trying to lure drivers into Uber's ecosystem and then sort of locking them in and making sure that they stay there.
0: Outside the locking them in, are there any downsides to this for drivers? From what you can tell, obviously, lots of Uber. You know, Uber talks a lot about how well its drivers do. Its drivers often tell a very different story. So obviously, Uber thinks it's going to make money off of this in the end. For the drivers, is there a a financial downside here or for them is this gravy?
1: Yeah, I think if you ask drivers, they say that these are good, these are good perks, but in in the end, they want a, a more fair and equitable and transparent system for how they can earn their money.
0: On the consumer side, it's been nearly two years. Actually, the money, big money 2020 conference in Vegas is this week. That's where two years ago, Uber announced for the first time its credit card, the one for consumers. So on that side, on the consumer side, is yesterday's announcement a reflection that that original card worked, at least in terms of adoption, and that consumers want more? Or is it a sign that it didn't work, so these are necessary improvements to get adoption?
1: It's hard to say. We don't have any real good numbers from the company as to what adoption rates were with the credit card.
0: Is that a potential uh, admission in itself that they haven't been that great?
1: I think so. And I think the fact that they are the way that they're phrasing it as a relaunch of their credit card doesn't seem to indicate that that the first launch went so great. So they're relaunching the credit card. And I think it's really interesting to see what's sort of happening sort of in the larger technology space, which is you've got Apple releasing its credit card recently. Recently in partnership with Goldman Sachs, you've seen what's been happening with Facebook and Libra and sort of the ups and downs of trying to create its own cryptocurrency. There's not a lot of success in terms of tech companies getting involved in financial services with their own branded credit cards. That said, Uber can sort of frame this in a way that people can see that they can save money on the trips that they're doing if they're a frequent user of Uber.
0: Yeah, it's basically taking the airlines, the, the frequent flyer part of airlines, since Uber is ultimately exactly. a transportation company more than the tech company
1: exactly so I think that and you I think we've seen a lot of products that uber's put out over the last few months or so with its sort of rewards program as well as this credit card that is trying to sort of aim for that kind of style of airline reward system where the frequency that, that people take use the service will result in discounts and perks and other things
0: I also wonder how much of this is uh, grab Envy and for those who don't know grab is uh, kind of the, the Southeast Asian version of uber but it's arguably come much more of a financial services company than even a transportation company Company, ride hail company, over the last couple of years, everything from digital wallets to credit cards, et cetera, they've become kind of this powerhouse. When you look at this, and Uber obviously has, actually has a piece of Grab, like it has a piece of basically every ride-hail company in the world. But is part of this Uber looking there and being envious, or no? Because it, you know, in Grab, it's a lot of often working kind of much more. You know, cash based societies. So it had a lot more opportunity to digitize.
1: Yeah, I think that that's really spot on. And I think if you look at some of the markets where Uber is really hoping to grow over the next year or so, it is a lot of Southeast Asian countries like India, like Pakistan, Bangladesh, and other places where cash is essentially king where the majority of the people that use these services are paying for them in cash. They don't have credit cards. So I think Uber is looking towards those countries and is trying to sort of maybe uh, style itself after what Grab is doing and and enter into these sort of more financial products as a way to bring more people into its orbit.
0: Final question for you. Uh, Uber makes these announcements. Yesterday, it's uh, traders on Wall Street didn't seem to care. Stock didn't move. Should it have? Should they have cared one way or the other?
1: I don't think so. This is not like a huge mover of the stock, I think, in terms of announcements. I we're going to see a lot more movement. Obviously, today, Lyft is going to be coming out with its earnings. I think that that could have an effect on Uber's stock price. And then, obviously, the week after, we're going to see Q3 earnings for, from Uber as well. And that's going to have a pretty huge impact as, on the stock price. So I think you know uh, product announcements like these, you know, people keep an eye on them, but they're not huge movers of the stock. It's really those earnings that
0: uh, have the, the biggest effect. Andrew Hawkins, senior transportation reporter for The Verge. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. My final two right after this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two, and first up is Alphabet, the parent company of Google, which reportedly is in talks to buy Fitbit. So, three things to know about this possible deal. First, it would be Google's first push into wearables and possibly a needed addition if it plans to compete with Apple in the health and fitness space. Two, Fitbit needs Google as much as Google needs Fitbit. Remember, Fitbit was one of the original fitness device companies. The other one, Jawbone, is already dead. And Fitbit has seen its stock price sink over 90% from 2015, which is when it went public. Again, it's Apple, Apple and its watches, which are to blame for much of that. And three, don't bank on this happening until we get an official announcement. The idea of a Google Fitbit tie-up has been rumored for months, but Google notably didn't announce it yesterday during quarterly earnings. And finally this morning, over 250 Facebook employees have signed an open letter asking that the company and CEO Mark Zuckerberg reverse their policy whereby political advertising won't be subject to fact-checking. They wrote in part that allowing intentionally misleading, factually false ads is, quote, a threat to what Facebook stands for. Remember, Facebook does fact-check other ads, but when it comes to politics, it's hiding behind this weird, inconsistent free speech argument, rather than just admitting that it's basically too scared to raise the ire of politicians who make false claims. And just to reiterate how not even Zuckerberg can really give a cogent answer here, just go to the Google machine and look up his back and forth last week on Capitol Hill with AOC when she asked why she should be allowed to buy Facebook ads claiming, falsely, that Republican Congress support her Green New Deal and then target those ads to their ruby red districts. Again, he does not have an answer. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great national oatmeal day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.